0: Stephanie, who is that guy? Oh, he's a a ranger, record producer. He wants to do films. Oh, he's going to move now to a more expensive apartment. I met him at the agency. He didn't want his wife to know how much money he had until the divorce was final. Come on, let's go. I mean, who is he to you, Stephanie? That's what I'm talking about. He's a friend of mine, Okay, He's a friend. And I was living with him for a little while. Are you in love with this man or what? I mean, tell me, tell me the story. I mean, that's all I'm asking. No, is the story. I'm not. We we had a, we had a thing, you know. It didn't work out, and it's over now. And he's my friend, and he still likes me. He likes. He likes you to have uh, to have you around for quick peace when
1: when he feels like. He it, helped
0: right? me, man. You don't know what it's like at that place. It's crazy. You don't know shit. You know. I didn't know how to do stuff, so I go to him and I would ask him, and he and he would tell me how to do things, and then I go back to work and everything would be all right. Otherwise, I'd be walking around like an idiot, going, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And he helps me. He yeah, does. He helps you. helps you what? Get in and out of the sack. Oh, Is that what he helps you do? He, he helped me. Sure. What the hell you expect me to do, man? What do you expect me to do? He helped me.
1: <laughs> don't cry about him. I mean, you know. All right. So we helped you. That's good for you.
2: Everybody, everybody, this is The Nightfly with me, Dave Juskow. Everything you need to get through today our two-week absence together as usual all the booze, snooze, and news that's fit to print or podcast. Lively stories, funny clips, stupid stuff that makes you tune in to the next decade and a half. So let's take the journey together for the next 80 minutes and kick off the dumb holiday season the way you like it. With catchy tunes and sexy album covers. The way the cars drew it up all those years ago. It's the Night Fly, folks, 2019 Final Edition. And it all starts right now.
1: It feels good to be running from the devil.
0: Another breath, and I'm up another level. It feels good to be up above the clouds. It feels good for the first time in a long time
2: so here we are final edition 2019 the final edition of the decade which i guess started five years ago i think we figured that out from doing 253 podcasts now i guess this is the 253rd or so something like that and uh hello and happy holidays everybody taping this i made sure it was uh Right near the end of what we're doing, it's the it's the Monday before the Tuesday comes out. It's coming out tomorrow as I tape on the Monday, so happy Tuesday, everybody. The 17th of December, and yes, we are taking off next week because when we put a podcast on, on a Tuesday, that would be Christmas Eve, and that doesn't make any sense, and the next Tuesday, unfortunately for us, is New Year's Eve, so none of those work, and we'll see you again on January 7th. All refreshed and ready to go. And when I say refreshed, you know, with a brand new format and a new attitude, but you know it's going to be the same thing. So I, I don't know what we're talking about. But I do think back about the podcast and the way it opened as like kind of a sports show and and then it morphed into certainly something else. And it does keep changing, I suppose, off and on. You know, we used to play lots of clips and now we don't play that many clips and we still play clips because we have to because we love it. We get excited about clips. And uh, we get excited talking about old TV and movies and new TV and movies, too. So everything's all good. And this is the way we do the podcast. And you love it. The Nightfly. So anyway, yeah, this week, I mean, I just, uh, it seems like it's been so long since we've done one. But no, it's only been a week. It's no big deal. And um, it's fascinating the way things uh, work and the way things go so fast. Again, I mean, what do I got to say? I... Uh, we put out uh you know it's christmas time we said what do we say in august like it's it, you know it's september 1st it's going to go so fast it's going to be christmas by the time you know it and uh it is so the holiday the holiday season it's the holiday season da 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 da, da. that's right It's my favorite Christmas music to play during the holidays. It's Vince Giraldi. Peanut stuff, but Vince Giraldi. He's the man. He's the man. Just play his uh, stuff. Just say, uh, Alexa, play Vince Giraldi. And you're just going to get the Christmas stuff. It's great. He's good. That guy was good for a hippie. But... um, So let's see. What... uh what are we talking about today? Well, let's start with uh Turbocharged News and I don't know whether you're, you know, fed up already, but uh, you know, pretty big deal for me if you listen to the podcast that you know, this movie that I made 10 11 years ago is finally out on Amazon and people are watching and it's very exciting and then just today before I fired up the podcast Dave Curry from the Night Thoughts podcast sent me a thing of Martha Quinn retweeting the Turbocharged she's very excited for it. She's like, oh, I like the video. I'm excited about the movie. And then I'm just like, well, she's going to be disappointed. But that's not the important thing. The important thing is that uh, people see the movie and, and, and enjoy it whatever way they do. Um, plus, I'm pretty sure if Martha Quinn lives here, I'd probably got her on the podcast, right? I mean, we've, we've met before uh, on Star Search. We met, had a moment together. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Where's my Bond theme? But um, I mean, she'd be an interesting as shit guest, you know. I also wrote, besides Turbocharge, I wrote the beginning of MTV, which she also appears in. So anything I write or put together or may put on Amazon is uh, has Martha Quinn in it. Did I say Martha Stewart? I didn't. I have to go back. Ugh, that's going to be annoying when I listen back. But I am talking about Martha Quinn from MTV, and now she's uh, you know we we assume she must be forty by now or something because. Um, I think she was like 12 when she started there. They didn't remember in the in the early days, they didn't know that they said they had to call her father to see if she can get the job. She's like, what are you talking about? He's like, no, because you're underage. She's like, what are you th- I'm 21, weirdos, or 24. Who knows what she was, just a, just a child. So how's everybody doing? I hope everybody's having a good holiday. I've been having a pretty good time, I guess. You know, I mean, it's weird I don't have that much to do. Now, this Thursday, the 19th, I have my show at the West Side Comedy Club. I've also been given a new date at the Comedy Cellar starting 2020, January 13th. Oh, unfortunately, a Monday. and I can't turn it down. That's the National Championship. I thought for sure it was going to be on January 6th. I don't understand why there's a two-week absence. That must be new. So I'm kind of pissed about that. I love watching the National Championship, but it goes until like midnight anyway. It should be okay. But still... Uh, and anybody that comes to the show doesn't care about sports anyway as we found in October when I did my big jets rant so it shouldn't affect any you know people coming to the show and uh, not in New York City if we lived in Indiana that would be the worst day to do a show ever or if we lived in Ohio uh you know but it it should be a fun uh national championship because uh, you know our our favorite guy is in the national champion, well, he might be. He's in the playoffs.
1: Mike, do you love barbecue? I'll tell you what, Mike, you can go to a gas station and get the best barbecue you ever got in your life. It's a wonderful place to live. Fried catfish, all the good food that we love to eat, and it's not good for us as football players. You can have it there, Mike. I promise
2: you. Yeah, you know we love that guy. I mean, uh, he's yeah. So he's the coach of LSU, and his uh, quarterback just won the Heisman Trophy on Saturday. It was very exciting, It's just funny seeing that guy. You know, he still got that voice. He's so funny, He's so cute. I mean, that guy—it's so f- the guy who won the Heisman, uh, Joe Burrows. I think his name is good-looking white guy. Um, won hands down. I mean, it was like a, it was sick—the margin of victory. If you know, the Heisman is a, a, a college—you know—you wouldn't for being the best college player of the year. And you know, I watch it every year because it, it just makes me ball crying because it's you know it's about families and it's about parents that are so proud of their kids and that's the stuff that makes me cry the most because you know I don't understand why that doesn't affect other people we all want our parents approval especially your dad forget it if you're a quarterback that's you know sick but uh, yeah the parents are there it's very effective and so he gets up there this big guy who never seems to flinch you know you see him I was just like he's like the ice king you know like it's so weird and then he got up he thanks, he's all poised, thanks his parents, all poised, because I might have lost it if I thanked my parents or stared at them. And the thing, you know, when you know that your parents are that proud, it's impossible to look at them when you're, you know, accepting something like that. But he didn't lose it until he got to that coach. Mike, you go like barbecue. And, he, and, he's, and when he, if you look at it, it's probably on YouTube by now. He can barely speak for five minutes. he goes, and Coach O, and then that, I mean, it's weird because it, it, that guy, and hes it's very clear he's in love with his coach because he even changed the name of the back of his jersey to combine his own name and the coach's name. And But that guy gave him a chance. You know, this kid was, he was at Ohio State, and he transferred and took a chance on himself and said, I know I'm a good quarterback. They don't like me here. Maybe they'll like me somewhere else. And the coach took a chance on him, and it paid off because they're probably going to end up winning the national championship unless Clemson beats them. Uh, whatever it's what's ohio state clemson oklahoma and lsu but when they made the blind side that coach was at uh what is it missouri or somewhere? wherever michael Orr went to uh school but you know we love that clip and it's so funny just hearing him at press conference gets he's got that voice and he always talks about you know well i just had some unbelievable jumbo here day. it was so good but he's so funny and he's obviously such a nice guy because that's what's um, you know you saw during the Heisman Awards. so um, So this week, I went to go see the Mr. Rogers movie by myself. I said, I'm gonna go, I was dying to see it. I was dying to see it. And I went by myself, you know, which I don't do very often and I don't like to do. and I went to this place, you know, I went to the place. they have the movie experience, you know. You know, the the, the land they bring you the stuff. Boy, was it a bad experience, and I can't wait to write to them and tell them you guys stink. Uh, it was really bad. I got there. I was just like, I just want to get some popcorn. Like, oh, just sit in your chair there, bring it. Well, by the time the guy got there, the movie was already going. The popcorn doesn't come in a bucket. I like it in the bucket. They're like, you want butter? I want to put my own butter on it, number one. They didn't give me any napkins, and they gave me a warm soda with a couple of ice cubes. It was horrible. It's just I mean, sorry, I like the old school. I mean, I don't want to be comfortable in the movie theater. I could be comfortable at home. You know, that's why I'm like, I guess they're trying to make the movie theater like your apartment. But that's why Netflix is the shit. Because you can watch anything in your home more comfortable and you're not going to get warm soda. So I, I was really miserable. Meanwhile, the movie was just okay. It was stupid. People seem to like it, but it, I mean, the performance of Tom Hanks is uh, spectacular, but uh, I don't know whether it's deserving of an Oscar, but I mean, it's certainly deserving of a nomination, but um, you know, it's certainly not the best thing he's ever done, and the movie is weird. Uh, I understand what people are saying now, because remember, he was offered this, and offered this, kept turning it down, turning it down, and then this woman had this idea, like, well, we're not going to make it the normal way, and it's not normal, and it's all about this reporter, but it's also stupid, and it's a typical thing, and I I don't know. There's something bad about it, too. But here's what's weird. It really, you know, affected me because, you know, it's also a story about a father and son, right? So it's like what he learned from Mr. Rogers about the thing. I don't know. I'm just so fed up with the fucking. I don't want to see any father and son shit, you know. So that's me. Other people enjoy that. So he's got a bad relationship with his father the whole time. He's a mess, whatever. The guy's trying to make up. And then he gets sick. And then they have a scene of them like, you know, while he's, you know, sick in bed dying. And he's watching like football with his father or something, and they're watching together. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. That's exactly what me and my dad did. I think when I think of it, I freak if you know, sometimes I forget. You know, we didn't get along at all, as everybody knows. But the the one thing we did when he was dying, he came into town. Uh, you know, they have all the cancer stuff here. What is it? Uh, the, I don't know, you know, right down the street, the, Good cancer place. I, I can't think of it. Uh, Sloan Kettering. So he came into the city, he was staying at this hotel, uh right by my parking garage, ironically. That's so why I pass it all the time and I think about it. And um, you know, we had some dinner. Like we you remember we never hung out. I mean, the last time we went to dinner and saw a show together, I was thirteen. So it was nineteen seventy seven. And then, you know, in two thousand and two or three, whatever, whenever the hell he died. No, I don't know when he died, two I don't know, something after that. Uh, he was staying at this hotel getting some treatment and then i remember we we ate dinner uh right next door at this italian restaurant and it wasn't the worst time and then we went up and we watched smallville together the the superman cw thing cuz we both liked that and i guess you know if um you know it's different it was it, we never watched tv together ever uh and that and that was it. That's the last memory I have of him. Uh, it's kind of funny. It was just like in that movie. Uh, really just don't care for each other. And then, you know, when they're dying, <sighs> you know, there's still a lot of bad blood. But I guess you got to let it go and just uh, do the best you can. So there's some sort of closure, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I was thinking about that. <laughs> We're in Smallville together, which is so funny because, you know, he would love what's happening now. Um, in the DC universe I you know I watched The Flash every episode I was watching Arrow and I gave up on that but they're doing this DC Infinite Earths Crisis uh, you know crossover between Supergirl Batgirl or Batwoman whatever the fuck they call her now because it's got to be PC jerk offs um, uh, Arrow and the what's the other one what am I missing uh the Legends of Tomorrow, stuff stuff like whatever the case is. It's like five shows and the crossover, right? And uh it's so funny. So all these they have in the DC universe in comics, they have all these earths, like Earth 69, Earth 89, Earth 8, or one, and we're you know, we're in Earth 1. That's the normal place. That's where like the Flash is, and then you know, the old flash is an Earth 2 from the television show. And but the way they're doing it is they're having all these like cameos. So the lowest lane from Smallville played lois lane's mother and this and you know they all die so burt ward who played robin in the 1966 batman lives on earth 69 or 66 it has, seems to do with the year that the shows come out that's how they do it and uh he's walking his dog and that robert wool from the 89 batman lives on earth 89 um who else uh did they, uh, they you know it's, i only saw the first episode so far there's like uh three of them until January. And they're going to have the Brandon Roth, Brandon Ralph, whatever you pronounce his name, Superman, and the current Superman together. They're doing all these fan things. And listen, this is what I like. But the funny thing was, they're fighting these like ghost demons. And remember, this is a thing like Galactus that wipes out planets, and they're wiping out all these different Earths. And Green Arrow's there, and he's fighting with arrows. He's shooting at these space demons with arrows and then that's when i even i said you what is this are you fucking kidding me he's shooting arrows he has no superpowers what the fuck is he doing there flash makes sense supergirl makes sense superman makes sense arrow and batgirl don't make any sense they have no superpowers what are they going to do a fight in supernatural thing you know but i mean that's the gag about stuff like that but i mean shooting arrows how's that going to help anybody he just keeps going into his. boat. I mean, first of all, they're going to run out. There's a lot of things, and it, and it does end up running out. But and then his, you know, he's got a daughter now. I, it's all out of control. Uh, but it's it's just the stupidest thing. I'm I'm sitting there watching. I'm going with any premise that they have. I don't care. But if you're going to shoot arrows at space people, you just look stupid. Uh, kind of who's that guy in the Marvel one that does that? That uh, that actor that we all like who's tiny. Whatever his character is, uh, he does that too, I think. <laughs> he shoots arrows. It's so stupid. Uh, anyway, it's kind of fun. And then Kevin Smith has the, God, what a douchebag that is. And he's got like a talk show after it. And, you know, they just have the, I don't know. I just watched it. today's dumb. Let's go on with the tape at the arrows uh so I don't know I guess I'm all over the place today. I just want to go over the week or something, but I will t- let's just um I'll tell you what happened this weekend and then i'll I think I'll move backwards. Oh, well, let me just tell you about turbocharge for a second right we're talking about it um funniest thing uh so I finally okay so I finally watched it I finally uh watched turbocharge I bought it on my TV set and I watched it like Wednesday or something Thursday, whatever it was. And I'm so angry because I don't know what it is, and I called Memo, and Memo's really bad at getting back lately. He's just very busy. And I'm like, this is the movie? I mean, this stinks. You know, like, not for... We know the content is corny and all that kind of stuff, but, like, the lighting is bad. The, it's, like, too close. Something's wrong with the version we put out, I think. It's very, it's very distracting and annoying, maybe not to somebody else, because they know it's done very low budget and, you know, horrible like that, but it's... um. It, it, it just wasn't working It was bothering me The lighting is just so bad Everybody looks But only like the left hand side So then I don't know Whether it's our fault Or my TV's fault Or whatever we were putting up there It's just um, it's, it's, It was driving me crazy Oh yeah we know this song But that, but you know So it was driving me insane And then um, I go to the I, Looking at the uh, the reviews right So we have five stars because the three people that wrote stuff were Elon Altman, our friend, our comedian friend, Elon Altman, who was so kind and he bought it. And, you know, his wife did the cover, which is so great. And um, my Aunt Judy and uh, some guy I don't know. Five stars. Everybody's like, this is great, you know, whatever. And then (sighs) we're not positive. But I think the guy that plays Greg Hawks, whose name is John Jordan, left a very bad review and said, this movie makes the band look like idiots. Now, that is, first of all, the funniest thing I've ever heard and very expected if it was truly John Jordan who left that thing. It says John Jay and it does add up to his personality But I mean, how funny is that that one of the actors in the movie said this is stupid? (laughs) But we were doing some research yesterday, and I'm not sure if it was him. But I mean, if it is, it is hilarious. But he did ruin our perfect score. There's always going to be one. But I mean, yeah, can't believe there's going to be a lot of those. People are like, I can't believe I spent money on this. This is horrible. This isn't what I expected. Of course, it's going to be like that. They're going to, you know, we're going to get that. We know that but he did not expect it from somebody in the movie, like one of the stars of the movie. So I'm hoping it wasn't him, but I'm also hoping it was because <laughs> it just completes the, the process of what he brought to the table and and uh, and all you know and his nonsense and craziness and his hilarious craziness. Uh, but meanwhile, if it wasn't for him, the movie couldn't have been made. He brought a lot of the actors to the table, a lot of the actors to the table. He, he was an actor... So he knew a lot of people I only knew comics so he was able to bring the guy that plays Mutt Lang, the girl that plays Martha Quinn, uh, the girl that played Madonna, the girl that plays the girl that brings us into Live Aid. He bought all those people he bought uh, Phil Collins. Um, so some really good people actually uh, we couldn't he did all the costuming, which was actually terrific. Um, then he turned out to be a homosexual. I you know, like, I mean I kept making fun of him that he was gay because you know that's what we do and you know, I'm a bully. Uh, because he was doing the... Oh, you're going to do the costuming? You know, I mean, we were giving him shit, but um, I didn't actually think he was gay, and then he turned out to be gay. And the only reason I know this is because I used to work with him, and then he came out and wrote a letter to the managing partner saying he was gay. <laughs> and they put my name... Dave knows! And I'm like, oh, gee, why, why do I got to be involved? Uh, you know, nobody cares. It's just kind of kind of funny because we just used to give him so much shit because, you know, we that's what guys do. God damn it. We make fun of each other. And call each other gay. That's what we do. Why are you trying to take that away from us? It makes us happy. (laughs) Because it's stupid. Uh, You know, guys are homophobic. That's the way it is. But uh, we're not actually, I mean, you hope you're not actually, you know, homophobic. you just, you got to give other guys shit. That's what you do. It's like in cocktail. Listen, when a guy lays down a dare, you got to take it. It's the stupidest line ever. He's like, he's trying to apologize to her so he can go out with her again in cocktail. And he's like, yeah, no, but this, but he bet me that I couldn't hustle her. <laughs> when a guy lays down a dare, you got to take it. It's like the stupidest thing. I want to use that next time. I the next time I'm actually uh, breaking up with a girl. I, I, I couldn't even get that sentence out without laughing that I was actually even going to be with a girl uh, ever again. But uh, I will, I will. Because I'll tell you, um I met I, I met with uh, this guy, I think yeah, it was last Friday. So we didn't do a podcast. I met with this guy last Friday. <laughs> now it sounds funny, I met with the guy last Friday. You met with the guy. No, 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 it was for some different reasons for producing uh, this new uh TV show I want to do at his place, and he was very nice. So I knew him through somebody else, and we met. And at the end, you know, we're about the same age. He goes, Hey, are you single? And I'm like, uh, I don't know what do you got in mind, right? he he helped me i didn't know i didn't know i didn't know i love that scene me and marina do that really well from the the one we played up top um and i go yeah whatever and so he knows gilbert's wife so i texted gilbert's wife like hey i just met your friend uh this guy david and she's like no way hey can i ask you a question are you single um i don't know whether they want to set me up with the same person uh it's just kind of weird that they an hour within each other they're like are you single I think they want to set me up with somebody age appropriate. Well, that would be interesting. Um, she's some sort of artist or something. Uh, <laughs> you know what that means? She's nutty I like that, right? And she's at that big art show in Miami where Madonna's daughter is doing orgy scenes and stuff for art purposes. <laughs> for art purposes, <laughs> Lordus. <this. laughs> hey, um, yeah. So there's that. Uh, also. That's January, what, 21st to 27th, whatever, that, whatever that's the week. So the 13th of Monday, so it must be the 21st. Tuesday, I'm doing a charity event for Dara, which is uh, for Gilbert Godfrey's Kids School fundraiser at Gotham with Judy Gold and uh, Mad Dog Mattern, uh, who doesn't like to be called that anymore, and a couple other folks at Gotham Comedy Club. That's that Tuesday, where he said the 13th at the Cellar, and the 19th of December at the Westside Comedy Club. Um, also, also, I got a call from Emilio, the owner of the New York Comedy Club, and on December twenty seventh at five o'clock on a Friday, uh, I will be recording a Christmas album comedy that will be ready for Sirius, you know, to be played on Sirius uh, next year. But I'll be on this Christmas album, which will be terrific. I got to come up with some Christmas material, and um, you know, I figure I'll just talk about how much. Hanukkah blows and they should just stop it and we're just trying to compete and it's not worth it and you know how uh, you know my mother would just get so angry because you know Jewish kids are just like why can't we do Christmas why can't we just open all our presents on the, you know it's just not the way it works and you know then my mother just get you know tells me more about the holocaust and uh, that's how she would put me to bed at night <laughs> 6 million David and they were all, for what reason for what for no good reason anyway 6 million all killed good night David Happy Hanukkah. (laughs) I think that'll be funny. I don't know. I got to figure it out. So um, like two, three-minute bits I got to do. But that'll be fun. So there's a lot of good stuff going on. And uh, I think I'm going to go to Cousin Frankie's for uh, Christmas, which is nice. I don't think I've gone to a Christmas Day thing, I don't know, ever. It was very nice of him to invite me. That made me very happy. Oh, so... All right, so let me, let me let me tell you about this weekend. Let's just get into it. Uh, yeah, okay, because uh, Olga Namer is going to be joining us later on, by phone, and I will tell you why, because it is absolutely classic. Uh, I'm sorry, I just thought I was going to... Uh, yeah, okay, well, I'll get... Okay, so, okay. Let's start from the beginning. Friday night, I was supposed to go to the Stress Factory and open for David Tell, but you know how that relationship is everything was fine we weren't fighting or anything But i really didn't want to go because he wasn't giving me an answer i like to prepare in my head he wasn't giving me He call me the day before call me the day before i'm like i don't want to call the day before i need to know and then finally the day before he goes oh you can do you can't i said all right great i'll see you at seven o'clock he goes no, no 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 no, you can't be on the first show you can do the 10 o'clock show and i'm like so you want me to drive out to jersey for five minute unpaid set here we go again at 10 o'clock now of course yeah is he going to pay me maybe but that definitely out of his own pocket. That's all. That is definitely out of. So I don't want that. And to go out to New Jersey for a ten, you know, a ten fifteen show for five minutes. It's oh, it was like I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. If I was on both shows, I'd be totally different. I don't want to do it. So Olga Namer was performing at Governor's in Long Island, and I said, you know, I'd rather go there, even though she didn't offer me a spot. But Elon Ulman was going, and I'm like, let me just go out there and support the two. Two of them, and you know, see, I like the owner there, James, very much, and uh, you know, have a good time. So, so I decided to do that instead. And I told Dave, but it's all good. It's all good. I'm like, hey, I'm going to go out to the governor's anyway. I got a spot out there. I told him I had a spot. Eh, maybe they put me on, but it didn't matter. And we took the train out there, and this other guy, Ben or something, who was very nice. And we took the train out there, and I was like, the whole And she's calling me before, and she's all like, um, you know, hey, I don't, I don't know what to do, you know. Uh, and I'm like, hey, you're going to be great. You're going to be great. You're headlining for a reason. They trust you there. You don't have to worry. But, you know, and I'm like, you know, you got to leave the house knowing, because this is what I do. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm just giving somebody else advice, but I shouldn't be giving anybody advice. I'm like, you got to leave the house knowing, all right, I'm ready. I'm leaving the house. I'm ready. I'm ready. But, uh, you know, listen, that's a lot of time she's got to do. So she's got to get ready. listen, listening to her set on the train. And and know, concentrating, writing stuff down. That's That's the right thing to do. She's preparing ahead of time. But I think that also makes you, you know, you should be on the train and just being like, I feel like, me personally, everybody has a different way. Uh, I know what Tell listens to a set on the way, too. So I don't know. For me, I like to be completely prepared before I leave the house. So that's just another thing because I didn't want her to get all upset or anything. But anyway, uh, we got there. It was raining and uh, it was such a horrible day Friday. It was just so rainy. And we got off the train and then we walked to the club. And at first, I was miserable. I didn't have an umbrella. But I couldn't believe she wanted a walk, but then that turned into a kind of a fun part of the evening, too, that we did that. You know, like it was, a, you know, it was like adds to the story. We get to the bar. And uh, so Ben's doing five minutes because he helped her with her, you know, uh, with some stuff earlier in the day. And uh, Elon's featuring. He's doing like 25 minutes and Olga's doing like 40 minutes. So, you know, we get there and like, what do you want to drink? And I was like, I can start drinking because, you know, I'm not working and I'm not driving. So he goes, yeah, I'll start a tab for you. Everybody else was drinking for free. And then he's like, I'll start a tab for you. And I'm like, son of a bitch. I, just, I really thought I'd be able to, whenever I go there, I usually drink for free because we know the owner. But it was at the the brokerage, not Governor's. He was at another place with Andrew Dice Clay. Anyway, uh, so I go into the room, and I'm just going to watch everybody set. But then James shows up, and uh, they call me to talk to him. And he says, you know, you can go on if you want. And I'm like, really? I don't want to. I think all of should just go right on. You know, I think they're. I think they're ready. You know, you've already had two people on. He's like, no, 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 please, do seven minutes. And and I was like, no, please, because you know, I like because the tell says that too. He's like, do as much time as you want. Then I can do a lot of people like that. So I said okay, but you know, I'd already been drinking, so I was a little messed up. But um, it went really well, and um, and Elon was uh, he taped it for me, so I'm gonna take a look at it because I think it went well. I will see if uh, I believe that it went as well as I thought it did. So I was, you know, happy, and it just kept going, and the audience seemed to like me, and a lot of times it doesn't, you know, when I've been drinking, they can tell, but um, this time it seemed to work out okay. I mean, once I start drinking, I can't concentrate on anything, so I forgot, like, half the <laughs> Elon yesterday, he just goes, how come you didn't do the thing with it? And I'm like, oh, I forgot. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing. I was- I mean, Michelle was, the host was Michelle Fox. She's so cute. She was waving the light at me. I thought I had to get off quickly, but that that wasn't the case. Uh, anyway, so I get off, and I was in a- then I was in a great mood because then I did perform, so it all made it worthwhile. And then I'm like, all right, let's eat. i have some buffalo strips and bring on the wine. And uh, and then I was in a great mood, and I was watching Olga. She was doing great, and it was super fun, and I knew we were just going to hang out all night. And I was like looking, you know, once I perform, I feel like, all right, going to be a great night. I don't have to pay that much money. Then the bartender is like, no, no, you can do it for free because you went on. And I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. I gave him 20 bucks anyways, thrilled. Uh, <laughs> so that was the best twenty bucks I ever spent. Uh, so then we went to Go- and then my two friends, um, Megan, who re- came from Long. These two girls that I met at Governor, they came- I said I'll be in town, so they came by. Megan, friend, and this girl, Ally Walker, and they came by, and then we went to Governor's. We hung out and we partied. It's so great. It's so nice there. You just hang out and drink, and you know James is so the owner is so nice. Now he is, you know, my age. So, we can talk about the old school shit that, you know, when I was working in Long Island in the 80s and stuff, and he knows. And so, he had, you know, later on, when we we're all drinking, like, he had, like, the comics go on stage, like, the Scarlali and perform for him, not for him, like, as a, he wants to help. So, he's like, let's go over your set. Let's go over your set. Now, I prefer to just fuck around, but he really wants to help, you know, the kids. So, he had everybody go up. They told me to go up. I'm like, nah, I'm not, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to do that, you know. I just want to fuck around. And they were all very serious doing their set, and he was giving them comments. And the thing he was talking about it was funny, he was talking about segues. Segways in between your set, you know? And uh we, and it was funny because nobody knew what he was talking about. And I'm like, yeah, I forgot about those. Segways were that you know, it's it's a thing in between your bits, which were the most important thing when I first started stand-up. You had to every comedy club owner would call you aside and say you got to get your segues better it was the most important thing now it doesn't exist and i don't know whether it's just the tell who did that or tv saturation now people just go from one bit to the other and there doesn't have to be a reason so if i was doing imitations and i would do james spader and i then i'd go into woody allen i would have to come up with a connection i'd say you know who's not cool when you're doing james spader you know who's not cool james spader's so cool but you know who's not cool woody allen and that was like the most important thing to do that very small segue that made you a professional comedian is that the stupidest thing right because now no one cares but I was explaining that to James and I said and he's telling them to do it I said no I don't think anybody cares about that anymore I know we're old school so we think that way but I, I don't think anyone cares anymore it's a, it's an audience who just wants new 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 I mean this this is the audience that doesn't want to hear the hits anymore which we talk about on the podcast a lot like you know do I want to see uh, you know, David Tell do some of his old stuff because I know his first album, so uh, yes, I do, but apparently the other audience, I, I don't know, you know, nobody wants, they, they're just like, no, I got to give them all new, I, that's all Louis's fault, I got to give them all new, so obviously they don't care about segues, they just want, keep, keep it coming, keep new stuff coming, new stuff, I don't believe in that, I you know, I like, I'm old school, I like hearing the hits, just like when you go to see a band, I want to fucking hear that stupid ELO play uh something from Xanadu, you Freaks, <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, it was a great time. We were there till three in the morning. They gave us an Uber home, and uh, I didn't know he was going to talk.
0: I just don't understand Christmas. I guess I like getting presents and sending Christmas cards and decorating trees and all that, but I'm still not happy. I always end up feeling depressed. Charlie Brown. You're the only person I know who can take a wonderful season like Christmas and turn it into a problem. It's not Same just name, Charlie Brown. right. Along the Charlie Browns in the world, you're the Charlie
2: You're Browns. the David Juskowist. Hey, he's right, you know. But listen, what are you going to do? <laughs> then it gets more depressing. Um, so, uh, what was I saying? Uh, no, I got distracted, obviously. Uh, oh, so we took uh, an Uber home. They gave us an Uber home, which was nice, like three in the morning. And then I said, we were in the back, the three boys, and Olga was getting in the front. And I said to this kid, Ben, I said, go to the front. She's the headliner. You got to put her in the back. You got you know, get whatever she wants, but she should be in the back. She should be chauffeured. But the guy, he didn't understand. And that bothered me, actually. Like, he just, he wasn't understanding. I'm like, we're working for her. This is a, As far as we're concerned, Olga today is Sarah Silverman or Amy Schumann. You know, we're working for her. So you got to do, you got to make her feel special. And you got to do stuff because she's she's the one who bought us here. But the, the, the kids, they don't understand. Elon gets it. This kid didn't get it. He said, go to the front. I'm not going to the front. I never want to go to the front unless I have to. But he didn't care. You should go to the front. He's too tall. You should be sitting in the front anyway. Yeah, no respect. No respect to young, these young kids. Anyway, um, the driver was uh, nice. He, he dropped us all up. I, then I went to get my car so I could go to my mother's house later or whatever. Uh, you know, in the morning, it was like five in the morning, I get because uh, I knew I was going to go see my mother. That's the beauty. I cleared up my Saturday. I was going to go there on Saturday, so I was able to just go to Jersey and uh, see my mom and take care of whatever I got to do with that, whatever. Meanwhile, the reason why I didn't want to do the stress factory also was because Joe Messina just got a new Star Wars game, the old arcade Star Wars game with the. I'm, it's so funny. I'm doing the lever thing with my hand. You can't see it, um, and I really wanted to play it and go over to his house. His daughter just got into Villanova, so um, I wanted to take a picture of her and me with my early acceptance into Clown College, uh, but she she was afraid that Villanova would complain, and uh, then we told her she was um, just like Dory. Uh, which is hilarious, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna Instagram the picture of me getting early acceptance into Cloud College with Rhoda uh, probably tomorrow, or or turbocharge one of those things. I got to do something quick. Uh, anyway, uh uh uh, who uh, would say uh? It's really annoying. But what are you supposed to do? You know, I'm just not scripted. I can't stand when I hear it back and I'm going uh uh uh. But you know, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? What you gonna do? I do the best I can. It's amazing. I don't say more, us. Now I'm pausing because I don't want to say, uh, <laughs> because so anyway, things so. are like, want to wait around. And so I'm waiting at my mother's. I get there. I don't Oh, I had to meet Beth at the, no, Beth. I got her like some, like a Christmas present for people that are off. Like I, I went out of my way. She's been such an asshole lately. I went out of my way to get this stuff for her. And she's like, and I'm like, oh, well, I'll be at, you know, Rhoda's and she won't even come by. She's like, Oh, why don't you meet me in between at the mall? And she, then she didn't even come by. She sent her son to come by. And I said, well, I'm going to go to Barnes and Noble and pick up my friend, Irene, a gift or something so. She brought the kid, and I gave it. to him. I'm like, "Why not an ass. And then the kid goes, "Billy." He goes, "Hey, do you want to get lunch?" And I'm like, "Shit, I never thought was, I gotta go to. I should have invited Rhoda here. We all could have had lunch. I didn't. I didn't think. I didn't think my nephew would want to have lunch with me. I assumed he was annoyed that he had to come pick up something. I mean, that's what I assume they feel about me. I don't want to spend time with Uncle David, you know. So that threw me off, and uh, I should have planned it better. But then I went down to Rhoda's and we had lunch, and I helped her with whatever she needed. Right, so. Then Joe goes to church. Uh, and then I am always waiting around. Like, you know, I leave Rhodes around five or six. I'm like, oh right, what am I gonna do while they're at church at seven o'clock? I want I really wanna play that game. This is so stupid. And, you know, it just already feels so late already because it's dark. And my mother even wants to you she wants because she goes, so I guess you have to go to Joe. I was like planning on maybe taking a nap. That she goes, So I guess you um tell Joe I said hi. And I'm like, I guess that's she wants me to leave. I can, it's unbelievable. We stayed too much. We stayed too little. I can't win with this woman. Um. So then I'm sitting in a parking lot just contemplating what to do. And I'm like, I guess I'll make a couple of calls at like a stop and shop parking lot or something. And Olga calls me. And, you know, she texts and She said, can you please talk? And I'm like, oh, no. I, I thought she'd be okay today because she already did the Friday show. But something happened, uh, which was so messed up. And it's funny, I thought for sure she was exaggerating because, you know, you know, she's like me. She's a drama queen, you know. Like, and we both were just like, you're not gonna believe what happened to me. And then, so Saturday was stupid, stupid SantaCon, which is the worst thing, like the St. Patrick's Day Parade and the Puerto Rican Day Parade. It's that kind of thing, right? So it's all just drunks. We talk about it every year. It's just horrible. Drunk people dressed as Santa. And remember last year, I went up Third Avenue and I saw four Santas throw up on my way home that night, you know, and that's in the afternoon. They start drinking around 10, 11 o'clock. And so Olga was taking the train to do her spot to open for the great Joey Cola. And there on the LIR, there was a spat and a guy pulled out a knife, a drunk guy slurring and everybody all the Santas got into this knife fight with this guy and Olga's on that train she's sitting right where the action is she called me to tell me this I'm telling you it this way because the next day after she told me she goes should I be upset by this I'm like anyone would be upset by that that's please you know i mean she, you know, I mean, jeez this is the last thing this poor girl needs before she performs is more stuff weighing on her mind you know i mean seriously you know in this day and age somebody's just making a ruckus on a train you think there's an active shooter so it's like i mean that's horrible this is then the next day you know sunday yesterday taping on monday i read it in the post and the news it's like i knew she wasn't lying but then it became real i mean I have the article right here, and it's just so funny that, you know, all the times line up. I mean, it's just, I knew she wasn't, like, she's like, two men squared off on the eastbound train near the Woodside Station because they let everybody off at this. St- she was only in Queens. She had to Uber to the thing, and she almost didn't make it in time. Just after 6 p.m., and one of them, a 22-year-old, was stabbed in the leg. The stabbing bystanders of Jolly Red Suits were caught on the cell phone video attempting to subdue the subject. Here's the, the, I have that uh here's you can just hear it I mean you can't you know you can see it if you look up online, oh, yeah. on
0: yeah. line oh, Go oh, yeah. ah, oh. really but
2: so it's it's only great because uh the sacrific- the people dressed in Santacon costumes came to the rescue. It turned out they were the heroes. I was like, get the fuck down. It was like a crazy guy with a knife. And the SantaCon people took him down. And uh, But Olga, if you see the video or if you see the pictures, there's an empty chair. And Olga was sitting right there. And I have her on the phone right here. Olga, <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs> you had quite the night on Saturday. I got to tell you, Olga, this, here's the thing. Uh, you know when you call and you you call in a in a panic about you know I got to get through this I got to do you know my comedy and everything and then when you call and something actually happens, I'm like oh please she's such full of nonsense, and then you read it in the paper the next day, <laughs> yeah, where it's all real even though I knew you weren't kidding or anything so. You were going to the show, exact. I mean, it's so funny when you read it in the paper. It has the exact timing. Everything you told me. You're on the train, yeah. going to, on the Long Island Railroad, and these douche SantaCon folks, which actually turned out to be heroes. You th- feel
1: so bad for them. Yeah, I know. That means the guy with the knife was going to come after me.
2: Yeah, and you said, you know, when you look at the the video that's uh, online. That yeah. empty seat is where you were sitting. Yes. Which is ironic because it would have made you famous, but in the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I, I, I'm like a little mad that I moved because I think it would have been funny if I was sitting there with my headphones on. <laughs> yeah, right, when you didn't know what was happening. Because <laughs> that's what was happening for a
1: while until I felt pushing on my chair. <laughs> and then I was freaking out.
2: So yeah, what just so put us through. you you have your headphones on your you know you're setting up for your you know headlining gig at Governors and all of a yeah. sudden how do you know when you need to move? Um when I heard when
1: when first we started seeing people look back and I'm like these people are so dumb they're probably looking at something dumb, right? right. Because people do that. But then after I felt all these boys like they were coming up on my seat, so I was like, Okay, fine, let me just take out a headphone <laughs> <laughs>
0: So,
1: like, see. And then I hear screaming and they're like be like, stop, stop, ah, ah, like that. And then the Santa people were like fighting and doing things and I was like,
2: Okay, I have to get out of there. Right, but you're okay. still you're still leaving it leading leaving it up to drunken revelry. Never once thinking somebody's going to pull out a knife.
1: Well, no, actually, I I was like, the second I saw that, it's, I was like, oh, my God, someone's going to have a knife or a gun, and they're going to shoot up this car. So now I'm just like, I want to get the hell out. But like, there was people coming. People like to go to a crime
2: scene and watch. Right. And I like to get the F away from a <laughs> smart, crime scene. Very smart. You know, so I'm trying to run,
1: get out, but no one's letting me move. Oh. So, because I'm stuck there, and now I'm panicked. I'm like, I'm gonna die! I'm gonna die! I can't! How I have to
2: feature for Joey Cola? <laughs> <He's> so upset. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the funniest line ever anyone's ever said. I'm worried because <laughs> I got a feature for Joey Cola. <laughs> That's so unbelievable. You told you know I mean and that's the thing. Now you you see all the people in SantaCon costumes. They're all wearing Santa suits. So in my mind, if I'm the way you told it to me, we weren't even. You didn't even mention the SantaCon theme. I had forgotten it was SantaCon. I thank God I had left oh, the city.
0: I, I didn't say there was a bunch
2: of Santa. No, people. you maybe you did. You did. But the thing was, it, for me, I wouldn't picture that somebody had a gun or a knife because they're dressed in Santa suits, and that's oh, just not what the people who go to SantaCon bring to the table. So right, was,
1: that's what you said. You said, "Why would they have a Santa
2: out?" Yeah, knife? it didn't make any sense. That's all just about revelry and, and merriment, and there, there's usually yeah. you know just you know normal drunken fighting. So uh-huh. I don't. So who was the guy that had the knife? He, he wasn't a Santa guy, right?
1: See, I didn't. I on the news, I didn't see. All I saw was Santas and people, and that. Uh, and on the news, they said there was this guy with a knife.
2: Yeah, and he like, was making gay oh, gay not comments. Not a
1: Santa guy. I thought it was another Santa who had
2: a night. No, they called him an old drunk man. They called him an old drunk man, but he was younger than me, so it makes me upset. I um, was like <laughs> I, I knew I was going to die. I mean, I knew. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine you hear that kind of stuff. You uh, obviously everyone in this day and age says thinks active shooter and you know, you hope it's never going to happen to you and then you see all these people in Santa costumes running to yes. the place. But then, you know, if you see the video, you see these these guys in Santa costumes taking that guy down. It was kind of awesome as it ended out. But I can't even imagine being you. I've already got to travel to Long Island. It's a pain in the ass. I'm trying to practice my set. And then you got to go on stage. You know, you're already late, which means you're going to arrive one minute before you go on stage. Yeah. And then having to push all that aside.
1: But, no, you know what happened? I get there. So I had to get, they made us get off the train, and they're like, everyone has to go to Penn Station back, right?
2: So, But but right, but you got off the train in what, uh, Jema- Forest Hills, you said, right? In Woodside. Woodside, and what a like pain. That's like going nowhere. Get... Yeah. Yeah. You're still in, basically, so, in Queens. You're not anywhere closer where you need to be. Not at
1: all. And I was trying to get in touch with the owner, but like... I won't even, I won't say his name in this because I'm so upset.
2: Oh, well, I mean, listen, the the guy's, I I said his name on the podcast already because we had such a great time. Everybody knows James, the owner of uh, Governors, but But that's the best part where he wasn't picking up because he's just like, oh, he's going crazy. I'm not going to get this. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think it even phased
1: him, but I really wanted to like tell him that I'm not going to be there in time for Joey Cole. (laughs) Yeah.
2: But the thing, but i the funniest thing is, is that like, you know, when you were telling me the story, you know, pretty much as it was happening or five minutes after it happened, you know, it's just like, well, here's Olga with her drama. But then it's I just know, so funny when you read it in the paper and I read it in the post and the news yesterday and saw it on TV. I'm like, wait a <laughs> <Yeah>. minute. <laughs> this is real. It's just so funny that it happened to you. I don't know why. I mean, as long as you're safe, then it's funny. Yeah. Um, you know, it could have not know, been funny. I know
1: so many. Should I tell you what happens? So now I get to the club. All I get is now phone calls. When are you going to be there? When are you going to get there? You know why? Because the host just
2: did not show up. I heard about that, and I heard he was a friend of yours. Is that true? Not, I mean, we're friends. Like, I mean, I heard he you were the one that hired him to host. No, 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 no. I didn't. Oh. Jameson. Oh, okay. He, but he didn't show up for me or Joey. I, I, I can't... This this drives me so insane. I can't Wait. believe there's a guy who's hosting. He doesn't show up, and he better not be able to play there ever again. I mean, that's...
1: We don't know what happened to him. I have no idea. Maybe he was that drunk man on the train. Oh,
2: that would be classic. I mean... Oh. Th-
1: his, this is what happened, so they tell me. So I, I rushed there. I, no, like I was running because james kept calling me but i'm in this like uh, uh, whatever obviously i was distraught but they're like you're gonna host and then you have the middle so you're doing hosting and middling
2: which is like
1: what which is like kind of like a i guess maybe 30 something minute set but i just got there it wasn't good. I mean I did well on that one, but the other shit, I don't know. Well,
2: I, I mean, just... listen, you just really went through a traumatic experience that, you know, if you if you're listening in, in Idaho, like our friend Donna, she's gonna be like, What? I'll never go to the city. That's the kind of stuff you expect to happen there. <laughs> you know, what I mean, but mostly it never happens. So yeah. the rest to happen to you, especially before you gotta go on stage, that's so messed up. Right, and I was with you the day before when you were just sitting there with your headphones. I mean, you are in concentration mode when you're yeah, going I need there. To get so ready. for that to happen, <laughs> what a nightmare! I know, I
1: know, but it, I, I don't know. It actually, whatever,
2: it's fine. Hey, can I ask you if you like when you got up out of the chair and you moved away? Were you watching the thing, or did you just go back to listening to what you were doing? <laughs> I could no, see no, you no. doing when that. I yeah. Got up out of the
1: chair. I was just in a I, well, I. Uh, I tried to get out of the car. That was just like my focus to right. get the hell
2: out. Was it uh, at of what it was, is that? Out of stop or was it going?
1: No, they stopped the car and then they were trying to get cops. Right. So, like, it was just like, and I'm just like sitting there hiding. And the, you know, there's that one seat in the corner. Right. That, like, is separate from the train. I'm just hiding there because I really thought there was going to be a gun. And, oh, my
2: God. Of course. And Why didn't you?
1: Then, um, After whatever, I had to wait for the cops to, like, come into the car so I could get out of the car. I don't know why everybody wanted to stay in the car. It's very strange to me. People had their children there, and, like, they weren't like,
2: let's get the hell out. You know why? Because people are just so desperate to get home. They don't want to be left off in Queens. And they were hoping, no, well, I it's a disturbance. I wasn't in the car.
1: I didn't get out in Queens. I just, tri- you know how you go through the middle
2: doors to another oh, car? Oh, you went to another car. I see. Oh, right. How yeah. would those people not want to go? I guess they really felt that it was a one-guy thing, and they're like, eh, it's fine now. I mean, that's true New Yorkers, I guess. You know, just like, eh, we're okay.
1: Well, not, I, get, not, not, I mean, I guess that's, now I know what I do in a fight-or-flight situation. I fly
2: yeah exactly which is the right move which is crazy that somebody like you said with children is just still sticking around that car yeah if you don't kids, know what's happening
1: like I saw stuff but like like I like basically what was on the news I saw that but and a lot more other people were like that but I mean there was more than those two people that were fighting I don't know yeah but like after I think when they stayed, the kids probably saw because I saw the people come out and there was blood
2: everywhere. Yeah, right. That it was blood everywhere. God, I can't just. I just can't believe you had to go through that. Of course, on the other flip side, it's absolutely classic. And thank you so much for sharing your story today. I appreciate sure, it. <laughs> well, it's it's just epic. I'm a victim. <laughs> you are. You are that. All right. I'll talk know. to you later. Thank you, Olga. I mean, this—it's so crazy. Isn't that funny? I mean, this poor girl is so. Much, this is—it's is, just like that. The bargain. its its like, it's like the Lindsay Lohan story again, where like everything you think she's talking shit, and then it always turns out to be real. It's so funny. Uh, Olga Namer is is truly just one of the funniest people, in the sense of the stuff that happens to her is so very just Cowian if you think about it, but, uh, stuff that doesn't happen to normal people. Plus remember she grew up in a, in a bubble. So she's not used to seeing fights anywhere. You know, she grows up in this very protected family community, you know, so it's not normal. And, uh, then to have to perform, I, I, I can't even imagine. I mean, I, you know, I told her, I said, listen, just go in there and, and just, you know, it's probably best. You're going to be right on time. Just go on stage Don't talk about it at first, but then bring it. I don't know how you don't talk about it. I mean, I don't know, but apparently she told me she talked about it, and she's like, "Yeah, they didn't like it so much." But it's all how you how do you not talk about it? Like you're not going to believe what just happened to me. The thing and these Santa Clauses came to the rescue. I mean, it's kind of funny, but it's also very traumatic. That's a very traumatic thing to really. You don't know what's going to happen at the end, but you know what a mess. Oh my god! But it's so hilarious. But thank you, uh, Olga, for joining us. Because we haven't had to uh, use this clip in a long time. But let's face it, that was uh, breaking news. <laughs> it just happened Sunday. It was in the paper. We had the exclusive. The Tragedy of Olga Neighbor continues on the night fly. Yeah, we haven't had to use that clip in a long time. Breaking news. But yeah, I mean, oh my God. I can't even, I can't even imagine... Uh, to, uh, you know, then have to perform and for two shows, and stuff, and thank God Elon was there to, you know, having a good friend there when there's trouble. That's always a good thing. So what else we got to talk about? Oh, so, you know, I was over at my mom's. Oh, meanwhile, that Star Wars game that Joe has, you can get it at, like, Walmart or Kohl's. It's like a new, you know, it's like a the old boxes and stuff. It was great. It was really fun. Kind of want to get one myself. I don't think they're very expensive. I really want to get one. It's uh kind of great. They have a bunch of them. They have the Pac-Man one. They have the Gallagher ones. Uh, uh, I know we don't have any money, but... Uh, really wanna, I really want one. When I was at my mom's, it turns out her lights don't work. I'm like, you didn't tell anybody. This is like the air conditioning all over again. You didn't tell us that your lights aren't working? Are you kidding? You weirdo. Um... Last Sunday, I don't know what this is, this is even worth talking about. Like you know, every time I come home on Sunday, a little a little buzzed because I do the show, and you know, down at five o'clock, and then I you know have a couple of beers, and then I said like I'm going to cook on Sundays because you know I leave it for the week. I didn't do it this Sunday, but last Sunday I did it. I made turkey chili and I made these Brussels sprouts with turkey bacon because was supposed to be regular bacon, but for some reason I can't not cook not kosher, even though I eat bacon out. I don't know. I use turkey bacon and maple syrup or something. It was pretty good, but. It took too long. I had a splitting headache after it was over, but I did eat it for the rest of the week, which is pretty good. But uh, I'd like to do that every Sunday, but now all my Sundays are over. This Sunday is the first night of Hanukkah, so i got to get my mother's. i got to find some young girl to bring. I was talking to this 12-year-old. I'm like, would you come with me so I could eat your age and potato lock? Is that I can handle? Uh, <laughs> but uh, I can't bring anybody over my age. And then, uh, you know, it's like Marina's birthday is it's Christmas Day, so we're going to have a party for her. And... You know, I'm just like, well, I it's hard for me to party after eating like 30 starchy potatoes. You know, but what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And then next Sunday, I might go to the last Giants tailgate because it's the last game. I don't know. I can't decide. But then I missed the Red Zone channel. I love watching that stupid Red Zone channel. That's it. It's over. Season's over. It's over. It's probably best gambling wise, but it's, uh, it's over. But it's been great season because um, you know I really get out of the house every day, so no, no days were depressing. It was uh, I'm telling you those uh, five o'clock shows, but I didn't have one yesterday because they had the Christmas party, which I didn't go to because I did Irene Premise's podcast because the very beautiful Jennifer Esposito, who she does the podcast with, as an actress, uh, wasn't there, so she asked me to fill in, and I was uh, happy to do so. And it was also Irene's birthday on Friday, so we had a little thing for her on Sunday. And I recommend she goes. Do you know any speakeasies? I'm like, I do know speakeasy. And uh, she planned the thing there, but it wasn't open, so we had to go upstairs to the shitty, very expensive bar. And um, you know, when I thought I was still getting away with murder, and not you know, maybe spending ten bucks, ended you know, up spending eighty bucks again. God damn, every time. Oh, it's so frustrating. And then I came home and ate like a pig, and I woke up hungover this morning. Ugh, I can't take it anymore. I can't take it. I tell you, I can't take it. But also, you know, I got, like, I've been using regular pot lately, you know, because I'd been just using the jewel pot because, because, again, we've talked about this, but you don't want to smell like weed. And when I'm using the regular stuff, I end up, I'm smelling like weed. I put it back in my pocket. It smells horrible. I don't want to smell like weed. That's, like, the worst thing. Yet it's been fun smoking regular weed again instead of just the vape. You know, once in a while you want to go old school. And then I just smell like it. Meanwhile, you know, because we were like smoking once the doors closed at the Governor's Club, I slept in my clothes that night. Went right to my mother's because you know I got home at like five in the morning. She's like, "You stink! You know, you smell like cigarettes and and booze." And I'm like, uh, "Yeah, yeah. What are you gonna do?" <laughs> it's like it was horrible. I had to, uh, yeah. Uh, it's just uh, yeah, whatever. And it's old school. People are smoking indoors again. I'd forgotten how much it just lays on your clothing. I just can't believe that for so many years, all of us had to, all of our stuff stunk. Everybody stunk because you were just in place and restaurants, planes, everything that had cigarette smoke. We didn't really, it must have been just like, you know, you're in the 1700s and everyone smells because nobody showers properly. So you probably didn't notice how bad, I don't think they had deodorant. You probably just didn't notice how bad everybody smells because everyone smelled. So if everyone smelled like cigarette smoke, we didn't even notice until Bloomberg cleared it all out, and then we can breathe free, almost. If you don't live in New York City, you can totally breathe free, but uh, mostly breathe free. Meanwhile, yesterday, I tried Via for the first time. Via is a a car sharing service. I said, like, I want to try this. I want to try this. It's going to cut my cabs in half. I need to... Save money somehow, maybe this is the way. And they have vans. As long as they have vans, it seems okay to share it with somebody, but I don't want to share it like in another car. So I tried it yesterday. It worked pretty good. You know, instead of spending $17, I spent 9 So it's a pretty good deal, right? So then I tried to take one back up to where I'm meeting Irene from somewhere, which is going to cost me 7 bucks instead of 17 And it, like, doesn't come. I mean, I'm trying, and then I had to spend $17 on a cab again. I mean, I'm trying to do this and it's not working with me. It works for everybody else, just not me. What is happening? Uh, has anybody seen The Irishman? The Irishman is uh, terrific. I finally saw it. So I watch it in parts because I like saving it up like it's uh, like a series. right? I know that's not the way Martin Scorsese wants you to watch it, but that's the way I wanted to do it. I'm like, I'm going to watch it in hour intervals and save it up. So I watched it in three parts, uh, maybe even four parts because I saved like the last 45 minutes, you know, because I, I want to save it up. I know I'm going to love it. And I did like it a lot. And what comes off of that movie is the absolute greatness of Joe Pesci. And you realize, and everybody's realizing, and maybe we've already known, but you really realize it here what a phenomenal actor he is. What a versatile actor for somebody who is pretty much known for doing the same kind of part. It's not, into because you know what happens? We don't have character actors anymore. And he might be the last of the one. They talk about this on Gilbert's podcast all the time. And here's a guy that can do comedy and drama and make you terrified of him and then make you laugh. Remember, Goodfellas came out in 1990, and so did Home Alone, which even though he was a villain in that, it was a funny, he was funny, really funny. And we were terrified of him in Goodfellas all the same year, let alone what he did on My Cousin Vinny, which is amazing. Playing the same character and getting laughs, taking it down a little peg so he's not completely terrifying. It's, it's you know, we don't think about it until you see this movie, you're still not thinking about what a fine actor he is because if you watch this movie, he really takes it down. He's still just as scary and... Uh, intimidating, but it it's taken down in a different way the way he decides to play it. And quite frankly, it is reminding of that Michael Caine where he's talking about it, when you're in the camera using your eyes.
3: You see actors and they're acting and they change, and it's an infinitesimal thing in the eyes as they change eyes as they're talking. Can you see my eyes mm-hmm. changing here? Yes. Just I'm changing eyes yeah. and I'm blinking. Now that is two of the worst things to do. First of all, you never change eyes, and what you do is you pick an eye. Now which eye do you pick? I look at with this eye, because the camera is there, I look at this eye, at your eye there, Mm -hmm. which brings my face, you can see. If I look with this eye, at that eye, look what you get. You see the difference? But it's the same look, and if I keep blinking, it weakens me. But if I'm talking to you, and I don't blink, and I just keep going, and I don't blink, and I keep on going, and I don't blink, you start to listen to what I'm
2: saying. <laughs> I mean, it's a, you know, it really is the same thing, and uh, this is Joe Pesci, he must have taken some acting, and uh, he's really, or, you know, if he didn't, then he's just a regular, but I think he did, and he, you know, you have to remember—he's a real actor. He's not just playing himself. You know, a lot of these goomba guys they just get parts because they talk like that or whatever. But this is like a real actor, and he's the reason why you notice it so much is because with Pacino, you're getting the same thing you've had for the past twenty or thirty. Years. Hey, listen—if he wants to be a cocksucker, that's fine with me. You know, you're getting the same performance we've had—the old, the new Al Pacino, which nobody cares for, but yet still watching. And De Niro, you know, you got the same thing all the time. We've also gotten for the same 30 years. But Pesci, you're getting a brand new, different kind of character, not disappointing in any way. Think about this this is from Lethal Weapon 2. Police,
1: open up. How do I know it's the police? After I shoot you through the door, you can examine the bullet. Open up. That was easy. Don't you even want to see a badge? Don't do that again. Okay,
0: let me see a badge. Shut up. Okay, I get it. Bad cop, good cop. Shut up. Okay, okay, okay. Bad cop, bad cop. I got it. I know all those you routines. Leo Getz? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, that's me, Leo Getz. Whatever you need, Leo Gets. You get it? <laughs> I use that all the time to break the ice when I meet people. You know, it's good.
2: I'm Sergeant Maritott. This is Sergeant Riggs.
0: How you doing? Nice to meet you.
2: I mean, so, right? I mean, it's like so funny. This is Lethal Weapon 2. It's a stupid movie. But he's, he's playing a... Uh, you know, just a different kind of guy. He's still like, uh, you know, I can get you anything. He's that kind of, but he's like more refined. He's a little more nerdy. And uh, I mean, you, look at that. Look at Goodfellas and then look at what he did in The Irishman and you will see this might be one of the greatest actors of our time. I think he's going to win Best Supporting Actor again. I mean, he deserves a second award for his body of work if they're giving out Body of Work Awards, but he's he's really terrific in this. Um this is him on The Letterman Show. You can see he's just like a fun guy. It's a very difficult game, though, isn't it? Oh, it is. But people yeah. who love the game, just they, they, it's in their blood for some reason. It's in my blood. Yeah. Well, uh, what was this? Uh, I don't know if this happened recently. Uh, a dinner that you attended uh, yourself. Yeah. Uh, maybe De Niro was there.
0: Right.
2: Uh, Marlon Brando. Uh,
0: oh, yeah, yeah, there
2: was. And who else?
0: It was Michael Jackson. And... Um, <laughs> Bunch of kids, no. Uh, <laughs> Let's get up, kidding. I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. No, i really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a material man. <laughs> now what is the gathering here what is the no, commonality there well the thing was that uh, michael had mentioned you know that he was good friends with marlon Brando, and i was working with michael at the time and he said something about having dinner and i told bob and even though bob worked with him we we you know he never met him i never met him i wanted to meet him and uh, frank de leo was uh, uh, uh michael's agent at the time so the four of us had dinner together it was uh, fun. I guess... Frank's was it fun or
2: was it just bizarre?
0: It was It was. It was a little strange. <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was fun. It, was, it started off very nice. Was know? it someone's
2: home? It's
3: at it a... was at Michael's
0: home. And we were all having dinner and drinking. And mm-hmm. uh, I- I'll tell you something funny that happened because I know Frank the Leo must have said this story. Uh, Marlon had uh, his girlfriend or his
2: wife with him, I don't know. Well, which she... was it?
0: I don't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't... Oh, the rest of the story doesn't matter uh but i mean it's so i mean it doesn't not matter it's uh, you can see it on youtube it's uh, I mean <laughs> now that's a dinner now that's a fucking dinner remember when i told you that it was a possibility i might go to paul rudd's birthday party with the avengers robert downey jr julie roberts i know she's not an avenger but you know what i'm talking about chris hemsworth um you know scarlett johansson this is his fucking birthday dinner now that's a dinner, right? That was the one I told you. I was like, "All right, if I go to that, I got to quit my job anyway." This is when I was working uh, because I just can't work at a regular job and have attended that. This would be that same dinner. It's oh well. Who'd you go out with last night? Well, let's see. It was me, uh, Joe Pesci, uh, uh, Robert De Niro, Marlon Brando, and Michael Jackson. What? Yeah, no, no, no. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you didn't hear what I said. I, I, I said my trick ear must not be working. Who? you went to dinner with Marlon Brando and Michael Jackson, Joe Pesci and N- Yeah, that's right, it's no big deal, it's just a Tuesday night for me, it's a regular Tuesday night, I mean that's some story, but I mean this guy, I mean he's working with Michael Jackson, I mean he's just, but he's laughing and he's telling the story and everything, he's so polite and then Dave's like, how am I not funny and he's just you know, and he goes with it and you'd think he'd be annoyed, but he's an actor, he's an actor and, and you, that's what you take away from the Irishman is what an unbelievable actor he truly is, he's 10 times better than Pacino and De Niro. And you don't realize it until you see the goddamn Irishman, because yes, do we love him and Goodfellas? Sure we do, but we're not thinking that's acting. We're like, that's ah, the way he is. You get that, you get that, you get casino. And here's a performance in which you just, wow. He is terrifying in a new level. That's just really great and very entertaining. And it's, uh, Slow. I, I love there's a scene with De Niro and Pacino when they're both in pajamas in their hotel room. That is my new favorite scene in, in all of movies now. <laughs> it's just so stupid. Pajamas are hilarious. Um and uh you know, it's just uh I don't know. He's great and he's nominated for a Golden Globe and he's definitely gonna I mean, how do you not get nominated for an Oscar? If they don't not even for an Oscar, we're gonna have a problem again. Uh, like we did with Sylvester Stallone, we're going to go all out and just be like, you motherfuckers. You better acknowledge this guy. He came out of retirement for this, and thank God, and I don't know why he's retired. Why does Robert De Niro keep doing shit? Al Pacino keeps doing shit, and this guy is retired, and he's the best out of all of them. Why don't we get the good people? Why do the people that suck keep going? I mean... Well, yeah, come on, De Niro stinks now. It's not—it's not the old day. He doesn't stink to stink, but it's not—you're not getting the prime performances you were getting from the other day. Like Michael Caine still gives out, still gives you the good performances. But Robert De Niro—I don't know. You know, he's an Al Pacino's just lost. Hey, listen, that cocksucker was fifteen minutes late, and that ain't right. And he was wearing shorts, and that ain't right. I still enjoyed the movie. It doesn't matter. Still super fun. Really enjoyed it. Uh, can't wait to see it again. And just watch it, you know, when it's on cable and just watch it in the middle. Watch it at the end. I, I really, really enjoyed it. I think you will, too, if you haven't seen it yet. It's not as good as Turbo charge. You know, it's up there. It's okay. Now, here's a great story for you. I mean, this you're going to really like. This is I, I hope you like it. I mean, this is amazing. This is amazing. So I'm in Kmart the other day, right? Because I'm waiting for the train. No, I'm, uh, I'm in Kmart. Because I was waiting for Olga and Elon to get to the train station. I am an old man, so I get everywhere 45 minutes earlier than everybody else now, because that's what old people do. So I was at Penn Station, we're taking the train to the LIR, right? And I'm waiting. So I go, they have a Kmart in there. I'm like, well, I'll just walk around, right? I'll walk around. This is unbelievable. So I'm, li- you know, they're playing the Christmas music, they're playing Christmas music. And I hear a song, and I'm like, it's a Christmas song. And I'm like, I've never heard this song before it's amazing it's uh not that it's amazing i'm like what is this this is i i like it it's rocking they don't have a lot of songs like this for christmas you know besides the you know maybe the the chicago one that's a little upbeat um uh, dolly olsen whatever it's called um and and i shazam the song i shazam the goddamn song and i go are you fucking kid this fucking guy it's our friend adam schlesinger it's Fountains of Wayne goddamn if this guy doesn't make the catchiest goddamn tunes it's so weird one of the I wrote him and I'm like you son of a bitch what is it about you every time I'm looking at the crowd, I'm like who wrote that song it's this guy i don't know whether it's just me and he writes music that speaks to me or or whether it's everybody i mean is this guy i just, Catchy tunes and sexy album cover. This is the guy. This year for Christmas, there's something
0: I really like. So if you're up there somewhere.
2: It's it's just so unbelievable that I I don't know what it is about this guy and my connection with him, but I mean what are the odds? You're walking through a Kmart, I'm shazamming a song, and how often does t- anybody who's fifty do that? And and then and then it comes up, found some way, and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And 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 I can't tell you how wonderful it is to just text him and say, hey pal, I, you are the fucking man. <laughs> Ah, I just want to like scream it out. This is my friend. My friend wrote this. God, it's so cool. What is his deal, man? Why is he so goddamn talented? I don't understand it. And remember, last year he wrote this great song. I was doing all Christmas, the monkeys one. This was last year he wrote this one. It's different, but catchy as hell. And it's sad too for its message, but you know, it's got those riffs that the harmonies.
0: Why is he so talented?
2: That's to I mean, Sarah's uh, musical is going to be unbelievable. The Bedwetter, he, uh, I, 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 unless there's no one else like me, then I guess it'll flop. But I mean, if you like Adam Sutherland, you're going to love Sarah's new musical. Christ.
0: gingerbread Butterscotch and candy Cigarettes Sure, there's no You know, I don't know, Barry House of Broken gingerbread. gingerbread la, 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 la.
2: The solo, go on, everybody. The house of Brook and Gingerbread, Adam Slessinger, the boys, the Buckies. Going all the way back to 2018. <laughs> 2018. Go all the way back. I can't turn it off. This guy, Adam Schlesinger, boy, is he the man or what? Seriously, he's great. I love him. That's my Nicholas Cage. Do you, do you like it? Well, uh, folks, I don't know. I mean, is that is that it? I mean, do we have anything else? Let me look at my notes just before we leave. Oh, yeah, I know what I wanted to tell you. One other thing. In The Irishman, they show the scene where um, the, the guy Joey Gallo... Joey Callow, <laughs> I think that's his name. Isn't that the one they use in My Cousin Vinny uh, when he does the chess set over? Joey Callow. Um, they they have the scene where he gets gunned down In uh, it's the comedian Sebastian Manikowski and um, however you pronounce his name, in Umberto's Clam House. So, it, you know, it's a legendary place where this guy got gunned down uh so that's a true story and you know i've been to umberto's clam house before i've been in little italy for years but the funny thing about umberto's clam house is and i think they relocated it somewhere but for years it stood there and it was in the same place that you see in the movie i mean obviously they rebuilt it or shot it at the new location whatever uh so you know i listen to the sports station all the time at nighttime or i used to for sure a lot before there was um you know serious radio and Uh, you know other things you could listen to and there was this guy joe beningo on the air he's still on the sport the local sports station here the fan he's on at 10 o'clock he's very popular and uh but he was an overnight guy and me and kevin cash from the movie turbo charge who plays ben or we would always listen to the sports station and this guy had an advert he was on from you know uh 2 a.m till 6 a.m and he always had an advertisement for umberto's clam house which i had never heard of before i didn't know the story behind it or anything And he would always say, Umberto's Clam House, you know, and he'd talk, and then he would talk about it, and he'd say, You got to try their mild, sweet, and hot sauces. You go down there, and they were open till four o'clock. They served dinner till four o'clock. They're open till four, they served dinner late. So when we were in bed listening to it, (laughs) me and Kevin had talked about this, and even, um, uh, who's also in The Irishman, uh, Jim Norton, who plays Don Rickles in The Irishman, was amazing to see. Jim Norton and I've talked about this too where, you know, you'd be sitting in bed and he'd talk about Umberto's classic. He goes, you still have an hour and a half to get there. Like it would be, you know, what, th- 2.30 in the morning. He goes, you still have 90 minutes. You can get over there. You, there was no way Jim, me, and Kevin weren't thinking. I'm like, I don't know, should I get up? I mean, obviously we didn't have anybody to go. But if I was like, you know, if we somehow could live next door and we like called each other, like, should we, are you up? Do you want to go to Umberto's? Because he made you think like, we should go there now. You still, she's like, you still have an hour and a half. This is at 2.30 in the morning. They'd be like, you still have, you know, forty five minutes to get there. It's still open. You try their mild, sweet, and hot. It always sounded so delicious. And so then finally, me and Kevin Cash, then or from TurboJard, went. We finally went to Umberto's like late at night one day. We're like. And we went in there and we said, hey, Joe Boningo sent us. And they were like, oh. <laughs> like He didn't even say you can say I sent you. We just said it as a joke. And they treated us so well. And I think they took some stuff off the bill. <laughs> like, it was so funny. And the food wasn't very good or anything. But it didn't matter. It was just the principle. And really, it was just as quiet as it is in the movie. There were, like, two other people there. It was more like, um, you know, Manhattan murder Mysteries, where we always play that scene with Alan Alden. Woody Allen he goes, like, why don't we go visit, you know, Alan Alden, Houston, at that place Vincent's in Jersey You know, it was so ridiculous that that place in Jersey would be open till 2 in the morning but uh, yeah this place was so much fun now you look them up they're only open till midnight that's so not fun at all but it was so great when Joe Beningo would say like you still got 90 minutes you can get out and you're, you're in your pajamas and you're thinking should I should I go there? should I go there now? should I get somebody to go there? should I call David Tell and say hey I'm going to get up and go I don't know it's one of those things <laughs> Can't help it, guys. Fables of Wayne. I want an alien for Christmas. That is how the song goes. Everybody, my goodness, what a season! What an episode! I want everybody to have such a fantastic couple of weeks uh, with your family. I'm sure most of you aren't as depressed as I am during the holidays. If you are. You know, just keep listening to this podcast. This is all we got until January. I, I really hope I can be of some help um, if, if you have depression like me during this time of the year. I mean, I really, really do. And, um, you know, if it's any consolation and you are depressed like me, then I'm, I'm with you. Remember, there, there's, there's there's people like me, and, and, you know, we'll be back and we'll talk and I'll, I'll tell you everything. But maybe this year will be different for me. I do have something to do on Christmas Day. That's wonderful. Probably just go to the cellar on New Year's Eve because, you know... That's my family now. So, uh, yeah, listen, everybody, have a wonderful Christmas. A great Hanukkah as well. It's right, you know, during Christmas. which is annoying as shit. Light the candles every night. (laughs) Enjoy your real great Christmas. And have such a happy New Year. Try not to get depressed. If you are that kind of person, I'm with you. Write me on Twitter if you want to talk. Or on Instagram, I will help you. You can help me. We can help each other. And when we start next year, we're going to have the – I got it all figured out. We're going to have the phone-in show. I'm going to give you the number next year. We're going to do it, and we'll talk on the phone. We'll talk live, and everything will be great. And we're going to have such a great 2020. This Maybe this really is my – I know we say it every year, but I don't know. We're going to have a good time. 2020, I'll see you then on January 7th. Have a great rest of your year, everybody. The Nightfly, signing off 2019. Bye, everybody.